playoff seeding and tiebreakers starting to become very confusing. Croc and I will try to clarify those things for you if we can even understand those ourselves, not out of the COVID woods yet and rooting interests the rest of the way. Coming up right now. You are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On 49ers, Brian Peacock and Eric Crocker with you at BD Peacock at Eric underscore Crocker. I think we'll have time to get in the mailbag as well a little bit today. Uh, the Niners, Croc, made things very difficult on themselves, losing Thursday night to the Tennessee Titans. We covered that game. I don't think we need to go there anymore. You can go back and find the Rapid React podcast from that that we recorded right after the game Thursday night. Uh, not an ideal situation for the 49ers. They now uh, don't control their own destiny to get into those playoffs, even though they do have some tiebreakers against teams like the Vikings and the Eagles. So we've got to get into those playoff scenarios, Croc. Um, and if and you can tell Croc's in his car right now. You are can what city are you in, Crocker? Because you've gone from Arkansas to Sacramento. I think Modesto last time I talked to you, uh, LA, and and now where are you? I am now in Stockton. So <laughs> I, I'm in Stockton, uh, just stayed at a, a hotel. Not ideal. The Wi-Fi is trash in there. I'm really a mess. I don't I don't uh I don't have any real setup. So I have my grandparents' car. So at least I've been driving that around. So I'm like, all right, I, I can record in here, but I don't have my headphones. I'm I'm all over the place, but I'm still here to talk to the talk to the talk to the people. Oh yeah, we gotta get to this. And and there's a lot of questions from a lot of fans for various reasons right now with these 49ers who are eight and seven heading into week 16 in the Houston Texans. Um, all right, let's start with playoff seeding croc because there is just an absurd amount of scenarios here and the Niners look so good because of course they have tiebreakers but for some reason we got to talk about this first straight up how is it possible croc that tiebreakers just stop mattering if a third team is involved shouldn't the 49ers automatically get it over the Eagles even if there's a five-way tie shouldn't they get that that should knock the Eagles out right away, right? But it does not, apparently, when it comes to playoff seeding, when there is a three-way tie. So one thing the 49ers fans out there should be rooting for, first of all, it's for the Dolphins to beat the Saints on Monday Night Football, but for the not to end in a three-way tie because that situation hurts the 49ers, even though they've got tiebreakers over teams like the Vikings and the Eagles. Yeah, I, I mean, I was just as shocked as anybody. I didn't really see it until this morning that the 49ers could win out and still not make the playoffs. That was kind of shocking to me. I thought maybe they just had to beat, hey, just beat Houston, and you'll be in, especially with the tiebreakers owning over the Vikings and the Eagles. Did the Eagles, did the Eagles beat the Saints or something? No, it just doesn't matter. the 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 tiebreakers just don't matter when it's a three way. Or the head to head just don't matter anymore if it's a three way. It's it's the most insane thing. Yeah. So um and the Saints play the Dolphins on Monday night football. The Eagles did beat up on the the Giants a little bit. 34-10 Sunday, 31 unanswered in the second half of that game. It was 3-3 at halftime and they beat them 34 to 10. But what's the what's the point of owning a tiebreaker if it doesn't help you in all situations? 
the I, I don't I don't know. I'm I'm gonna get I'm gonna get into that right now because I've got I've got it right here. I've got the exact word for word from the NFL handbook on on what the tiebreakers are, and it's it doesn't even make sense when you read it. Uh, and by the way, the Rams did beat the Vikings thirty to twenty three. Rams now in first place in the NFC West ahead of those Cardinals who lost to the the Colts Saturday and the Vikings now seven, eight. So one game back now of, um, of the Niners and the Eagles in the NFC wildcard. And it depends what the what saints do tonight. They'll be seven and eight or eight and seven uh, after they played the dolphins. But l- let me read this to you, croc. I'm going to read the whole thing from the tie breaking handbook here from the NFL. And you tell me what you think this means to break a tie for the wild card team. If it is necessary to break ties to determine the two wild card clubs from each conference, the following steps will be taken. One, if the tied clubs are from the same division, apply division tiebreaker. Two, if the tied clubs are from different divisions, apply the following steps. If it's two clubs that are tied, one, head-to-head if applicable. So if the 49ers and Eagles are the only teams tied, Niners have the head-to-head tiebreaker, they get it, if it's only those two teams. Two, if it's two clubs, again, we're talking about two teams tied. The second tiebreaker is best one loss tied percentage in games played within the conference. So conference record. Three, best one loss tied percentage in common games, a minimum of four games. So if you have at least four common opponents, those uh, those win-loss percentages in those games will be the tiebreaker. Four, strength of victory. Five, strength of schedule. So strength of victory is the strength in the games of teams you beat. Strength of schedule is your overall schedule, strength of schedule in the in, in the, the winning percentage from your opponents. Uh, six, we'll go this far. Six is the best combined ranking among conference teams in points scored and points allowed. But the, the main thing to take away from that is head-to-head if possible. Two is conference record. And usually that's enough to break a tie. Right now, the 49ers would win that top tiebreaker against the Eagles head-to-head because of the head-to-head. And if it's the Saints that they're tied with, they would lose it based on conference record by one game, I believe it is right now. So that is if there's two teams tied. Now let me read if it's three or more clubs tied. And you can go to the NFL Rules Handbook and, and read this for yourself. If after I read it, it stops making sense to you guys out there, and I would not be surprised. It makes me cross-eyed trying to read this. Uh, the 49ers, by the way, their conference record right now is 6-5. and five. Um, They have one more game against the Rams in the conference, by the way. So the, the 49ers, if they beat the Rams, will have a 7-5 and five record in the conference. The New Orleans Saints, uh, actually, the New Orleans Saints are five and five, so the 49ers do not have this tiebreaker against the Saints for conference, or the 49ers would have the tiebreaker against the Saints in conference record if both teams won out, and they have it currently by a half a game. All right, so if three or more clubs are tied for the wild card, one, apply division tiebreaker to eliminate all but the highest-ranked club in each division prior to proceeding to step two. The original seeding with the division upon application of the division tiebreaker remains the same for all subsequent applications of the procedure that are necessary to identify the two wildcard participants. Does that make sense to you, Croc? <laughs> I'm going to read that again. This is word for word in the NFL rule book about how to break a tie, three or more clubs. One, apply division tiebreaker to eliminate all but the highest ranked club in each division prior to proceeding to step two. 
I can't, we can't even proceed to step two because I don't know what that sentence means. The original seating within a division upon application of the division tiebreaker remains the same for all subsequent subsequent applications of the procedure that are necessary to identify the two wildcard participants. Head-to-head sweep is then number two. That was all number one. Two is head-to-head sweep. Applicable only if one club has defeated each of the others or if one club has lost to each of the others. So the 49ers could win a three-way due to -to head-to-head if the three teams are the Vikings and the Eagles, but not if the Saints are involved because the Niners didn't play the Saints. That makes sense. So Uh, essentially 49er fans, and as we're recording this, it's Monday morning, we are rooting for the Miami Dolphins to beat the Saints tonight, and that increased the 49ers' chances of winning if even if they don't win out. But ideally yes. for the 49ers right now, if you want to control your own destiny, you want the Saints to lose tonight, and you have to win out. If you do that, you're in, right? Yes. If Saints lose tonight, Niners win out, they're in. But hold on. A couple of more notes here on the uh, the three-way tiebreaker. Number three is best one, best one loss tied percentage in conference games, so conference record. Best win-loss tied percentage in common games, minimum four, and then best uh, yeah, then five is strength of victory. So it kind of goes back to what it was for the two teams. But um, if none of that made sense, basically what happens is the 49ers, if so at eight and seven, eight and seven and seven and seven, Saints have three games left. If all three of those teams win out, 49ers, Eagles, and Saints, they'll all be 10 and seven. And that would be the scenario that the 49ers do not make the playoffs, even though they have the head-to-head against the Eagles. They would actually not make the playoffs due to NFC record. Uh, 49ers, Saints would go to... So the 49ers and Saints would move then to... Wait, hold on. Right, yeah. So the, the Saints, after this week, have two more games, so they would end up tied with conference record with the 49ers. So then that would be a tie. So then it would have to go to uh, the next, which is common opponents where the common opponents between the 49ers and Saints right now, uh, the Niners are only two and four in those games, and the Saints are three and three in those games. If it did go to the next tiebreaker, which is record versus common opponents with at least four, and they have six common opponents this year. So, uh, and for those wondering, those common opponents are the Packers, Washington, no, wait, the Packers, the Falcons, the Titans, the Eagles, and uh, Falcons twice. And that would mean the Falcons, the Saints beat the Falcons in, in week 18. And that would that would put them over. That would make them three and three against those teams that the 49ers are two and four against common opponents. So three-way tie. 49ers, Eagles, Saints, Niners are out. Two-way tie, 49ers are in. So you're rooting for a two-way tie if you're the 49ers. Um, Here's what's crazy, though. Since there's no head-to-head between the 49ers and Saints, if it's a two-way tie, you would want it to be with the Eagles and not the Saints. So in a way it would be better for the Saints to beat the Dolphins and win out 
And then the Niners end up tied at nine and seven with the Eagles for the seven seed. Cause then they would get in. But if the saints. Oh, hold on. But if the saints lose one of those games, so they're all three at nine and seven, that would mean the saints. Hold on a second. Let me find the Saints schedule again. There's too much to be juggled here to figure all of this out. So if the, to, for the Saints to end up 9-7, and seven, if they lost this game to the Dolphins, but then win Panthers-Falcons, then they win those two NFC games. So that would mean that the 49ers, if all three teams are 9-7 and seven or 10-7, and seven, the 49ers would still be out. Nine and eight or 10 and seven. And excuse me. Yeah. Nine and eight or 10 and seven. Yeah. But if, if to get to nine and eight, the saints beat the dolphins, but lose to the Panthers or Falcons, that would affect their NFC record. So really you still need the saints to lose one of those games against an NFC opponent. If, uh, if the Niners and Eagles both win one and lose one and the Niners have, even if they win against the Texans, they have the Rams in week 18 that'll probably be playing for seeding because they'll be playing for seeding against the Cowboys who probably won't rest people against the Eagles. It's the Cowboys and Eagles in week 18. So there you go. And it's it, next week for the Eagles. It's it's Washington. So uh, th- there's a lot of help that the 49ers still need now because they did lose that game on Thursday to the Titans. That's the big takeaway. And if the 49ers are tied to the Eagles, they will have the tiebreaker. If it's a three-way tie with the Saints and Eagles, depending on which game the Saints win or lose, the 49ers could be out. Real, real quick, how how on earth are, are the Saints – with really no quarterback throughout this year. I mean, they played with James Winston for a couple games, and then we're talking about Taysom Hill. He was bad. Uh, you have, uh, I think they played with Simeon, and I think tonight it's a different quarterback. I, I think it's the kid from, right. from is it Jake Fromm? No, Fromm. <laughs> Fromm is a different team. Fromm is the New York Giants. It's Ian Book tonight. Hold on, actually, that's a great. Ian Book, that's same a- thing. I mean, okay, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> That's a great tease because we're we got to we got to break here. That that is a great tease. Let's talk about the Saints. Who's their quarterback? How they're even in this thing still? And the fact that the 49ers aren't blowing these teams away in the standings and and aren't walking into the playoffs. That that's another conversation. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about the risks of COVID. I'm a little bit worried about for the 49ers these last couple of weeks when things reconvene now at the 49ers facility after players uh, went all over the country to do things on their off days and uh, see if we can get some questions here to finish up this episode of locked on 49ers. Oh, such a great Christmas holiday. Lots of treats. Uh, I mixed in some built bars to hopefully not put as many calories on uh, as you potentially could during a holiday season. Most built bars contain only 130 calories, only four grams of sugar, only four grams of net carbs and a whopping 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar that usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, maybe even better than a candy bar that has tons of new flavors. You can probably get some of those holiday flavors that are still around, but it's the new year, so that means New Year's resolutions. So if yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you include Built Bar in your healthy 
2022 plan. You want to eat healthy, but it just gets so boring. By like week three, you might be thinking, ah, this is just not worth it. Where's the chocolate, right? But Built Bars are covered in 100% real and delicious chocolate. Even if you're not a huge fan of working out, you can at least eat something that tastes good and is good for you. You get the best of both worlds. It keeps you satisfied because of all that protein, but you keep the sugar down. You keep the carbs down. Uh, It's even got some fiber in there. So that way you enjoy a delicious Built Bar and uh, you can almost count it as a workout. Uh, I sometimes do. And so many great flavors, aside from the holiday flavors, some standards, coconut almond and peanut butter brownie and raspberry and cookies and cream. So go to built.com, use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. That is promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. All right, Croc. Those New Orleans Saints. I want to say, look, I mean, they're starting a rookie fourth-round quarterback, Ian Book, out of Notre Dame. And a lot of people are even surprised that Ian Book went as high as the fourth round. Sean Payton can coach up quarterbacks. But this is his first NFL action against a pretty good defense in the Miami Dolphins in a playoff push. It'd be a heck of a story for the young player. Miami on the road favored by three points. And I want to say that throwing your rookie quarterback out there may not be the best way to go win a game and and make a playoff push in the NFL. And you would think that the odds are stacked against them. But remember, this is a Saints defense that allowed Tom Brady a grand total of zero points recently. So first of all, take the under on this game with the Dolphins and Saints, but you can't count the Saints out even with their rookie quarterback, even with the guy who was at the bottom of the depth chart behind Hill and behind Simeon and behind Jameis Winston to start the year. The Ian Book-led New Orleans Saints. Those, that's the team the 49ers are fighting to get in against. They're fighting in to get in against a, an Eagles team that the Niners beat pretty easily earlier on in the season, even though the scoreboard didn't look that lopsided. The Eagles were a bad team for most of the year, and they're playing some good ball right now. But like the 49ers shouldn't even be in this situation to potentially be knocked out by some silly tiebreakers at this point in the year. Right, Croc? Well, I think when... when... <sighs> I choose my words wisely, but okay. when we talked about the situation with Jimmy Garoppolo and what the thought process is when you start him, it is not to be in a situation like this against these type of teams. And the fact that you're still in this with, again, you, you talked about the Saints. The Saints are in this situation and they're down to their fourth quarterback and they are still competing, right? Uh, this whole year, they've gone without their best receiver, Mike Thomas, they haven't had him the whole year at all. Uh, they're playing all these receivers. Most of us can't even name Callaway, I believe, out of Tennessee. He was an undrafted guy. He's been okay. Little Jordan Humphreys, I think he might have been either super late round pick or undrafted out of Texas. You know, these this isn't like a loaded team, but even then they're, they're just figuring out ways to win. And I look at this 49ers in the situation with Jimmy Garoppolo. That's not I, – I can't believe that I can't. I don't think that's what Kyle Shanahan, you know, thought like this this situation would be that when he's decided to go with him at at the quarterback position. So it's, it's really interesting and kind of mind-blowing that you are in the same conversation as these teams. Even Philadelphia, who's been playing with uh, Jalen Hurts, he's been up and down. He's had some solid moments. He's had some decent moments, but we saw him before he played them live. Like, he's not great. So how are these other teams able to get 
as much out of their situations as the 49ers are with a quarterback like Jimmy Garoppolo, who you are supposed to be much better with. And aside from last week when Garoppolo was really bad Thursday night, Garoppolo's been better. Like Garoppolo would start for the Saints in a heartbeat. The, the Saints would kill for Garoppolo at quarterback. Uh, Garoppolo would start for the, the Eagles too. Uh, that's what's crazy about this is that the 49ers have a better quarterback situation and are still hoping that Ian Book doesn't go win a game for the Saints. And look, the Saints have a lot of talent on the rest of that roster, but you didn't even mention Alvin Kamara was gone for a lot of the season too that they were missing. So the fact that the Saints have been able to, to hold their head above water and even be 7-7 seven to seven is pretty remarkable, but the 49ers should have put this away. They should have put this away on Thursday. They shouldn't be uh, in these tie-break scenarios. And even when you look at the tie-break scenarios, I, I still don't understand how you can take head-to-head -head out of it. It blows my mind that the 49ers have a, such a clear head-to-head -head against the Eagles, but if the Saints somehow tie them, then the head-to-head -head goes away. To me, it's just obvious if all three of those teams are tied, the common head-to-head -head would knock out the Eagles and it'd just be the Saints and the Niners that are in, and they would have their own two-team tiebreaker. I, I still can't fathom how the head-to-head -head is not part of it anymore when it comes to uh, a three-way tie. That that blows me away and something that you, you, you go through these scenarios every year, and there's always very surprising things every single time. And uh, now that there's more playoff spots, more games, I think these three ways and, and more teams in it for longer come into play a lot more. But hopefully for the 49ers, they handle business and uh, it won't matter. Just watching Houston yesterday, and I don't know how much of the game you saw against the Chargers, but does that, does that somewhat worry you a little bit about this game coming up? Because I think most people saw Houston on the schedule and it's like, oh, well, they're playing with rookie Davis Mills. Yada, yada, yada. Davis Mills, I, I put out a tweet yesterday because when I watched him early on, I was just like, oh, my God, this guy's not going to make it in the NFL at all. And for a short stint, they did go back to Tyrod Taylor, but Davis Mills has improved throughout the year. And if you've seen what he's done over the last couple of weeks, where he has played very well, and that I saw this stat that showed like his last four first halves, very good. Like, he's done very well. Does he kind of were you a little bit more heading into this, this game that we just chalked up as a W for the Foreigners? And now you look at it and it's like, man, this ain't the, the Jaguars, right? This isn't, you know, this is a team that can put, potentially beat you. They forced takeaways. They, they have picked sixes off of Herbert. They made Herbert look fairly pedestrian. And, and while Davis Mills is throwing bombs all over the field to guys like Philip Dorsett, he has, uh, you know, uh, obviously a Brandon Cook shot to my stocking on me, Brandon Cooks. Uh, and then I saw Chris, gosh, what was his name? The receiver. He was with, he was with uh, Kansas City for a while. But he's a speedster as well, big, a bigger, long strider type guy. He has these guys he can push the uh, ball down the field with. I can't even name who the running back is for them. Uh, maybe it's Johnson. But somehow, some way. he <laughs> It was Burkhead in that one. Uh, there, there's, I mean, uh, they, got, uh, they got Freeman. From from Oregon, who's bounced around the league a little bit now, uh, was with uh, the the Denver Broncos. They've got Freeman at running back. They have Rex Burhead, Burkhead, who was carrying the load. He was twenty two carries for one hundred and forty nine yards and two touchdowns against the Chargers. But the Chargers run defense has been bad all year, and that's what's going to kill the Chargers is the defensive side. They of the also ball. didn't have Bosa, right? No Bosa, and to put to put forty one points on them, like the Texans are playing pretty good ball right now. The best ball they have all year. They've won two straight. Uh, they're four and eleven now. The, the, there's a lot of parity in the NFL. We we saw it with the um, with the Lions beating the Cardinals. Right, a bad team can beat a good team. You know the ball can bounce funny, and 
for the Houston Texans to put up 41 points. They hadn't scored, I think, more than 22 points all year, except for the last two weeks. Now they got 30 against the Jacksonville Jaguars and 41 against the Chargers. So Davis Mills, you know, getting some, getting his feet under him. Rookie quarterback looked awful early in the year, playing a little bit better ball. Uh, the 49ers should definitely wax the floor with the Houston Texans, but it's just not that easy in the NFL. It's never that easy week to week. Um, there's also one other factor when it comes to this game against the Texans that I'm worried about for the 49ers that could rear its ugly head with this football team. And I'm hoping good reports here as the team reconvenes in Santa Clara this week. That is COVID. That coming up next, and we'll hit a couple of your listener questions. If you're as confident as I am about those Houston Texans, look, good story, won a couple of games, beat the Chargers. Um, they're, I don't think they're going to keep up a winning streak and win out or anything like that. I mean, the 49ers still have a, a great opportunity against those Houston Texans in Week 16. If you want to put some money on that game, you can find those odds along with tons of other props, tons of other lines uh, more than ever before as football continues this March to the College Bowl season and the NFL playoffs at betonline.ag. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head over to the website, use your mobile device, sign up today, and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. All you got to do is use promo code LOCKEDON when you sign up to receive that 50% welcome bonus. Not only football, we've got college hoops, pro hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, your favorite Vegas casino games, blackjack, poker. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 and 2022 seasons. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. So don't wait. Go now. BetOnline.ag. Find all the amazing offers. Bet online where the game starts. Croc, something the 49ers have been really good with all year is COVID. They went to Nashville Thursday night. There was a couple of COVID cases sneaking into the Titans locker room late in that week. Then the 49ers have a few off days. And then you've got... Fl- players that can you know fly anywhere around the country spend some time with their families which is really awesome for them to have some days off but they're going into tons of communities around the country and then all come back and reconvene at levi's stadium we saw a few weeks ago with the rams and chargers and in la and, and you know they play at the same house and they haven't had they hadn't had any COVID problems. A lot of the West Coast teams were doing really good with COVID uh, this football season. Rams go play a Monday night game, come back, half their team has COVID all of a sudden. I'm worried about the away games late in the week as all these COVID spikes and the Omicron variant is just spiking and tons of positive tests throughout the league, throughout the country for the 49ers to travel east, then have a, a buy from there where the players are going everywhere, coming back to Levi's Stadium. This is the time that COVID could rear its ugly head. A team like the Texans who are bad that are maybe playing a little bit better ball, maybe have their feet under them a little bit at this point of the season. That worries me a little bit that they could be a perfect a perfect storm of just a bad scenario for the 49ers to somehow lose some key players and lose this game to the Texans and, and say goodbye to their playoff chances. That worries me a little bit. So uh, the COVID thing, we're not out of the woods yet, even though I think for most of this year, the safest place in the country to avoid COVID has been the 49ers facility. Like Santa Clara has been the best place. The Niners had not sniffed it since August, which is pretty amazing. And that worries me. They almost 
and almost it's they're almost due to have COVID cases. And so um, that's one hurdle that we're gonna have to find out about this week as those players are tested when they come back to the facility and start practicing for this week six, or week uh, seventeen matchup. Are yeah, you worried? You, yeah, definitely have to be worried about it. You know, everybody has kind of let their guard down as it pertains to COVID. Not really wearing masks all the time. I got my mask right here. You know, always, always on deck, always ready to go. This new variant that's out, it. I had a buddy say, "Well, it doesn't seem to be as deadly." And I'm like, "Well, most people are vaccinated now, so I think it's taking some of the edge off of what kind of the results were early on with a lot of people dying." But it's it's there, and the NFL rules, you know, they aren't prejudiced with their you know COVID rules and things like that. You get COVID, you have to go into the protocols, whatever that is. Now they did change the rules a little bit and their protocols to make it to where people can come back sooner. But even then, that still hasn't helped enough. We've seen a spike in just these teams, not just, I mean, we talked about around the nation, right? It's a crazy spike right now. But even with the teams, the teams right now, I mean, every week it seems like teams are playing without so many guys. And even go back to last year, you know, we saw little instances. I remember the time where uh, Trent Williams, Debo Samuel, Kendrick Bourne, Brandon, I, those guys all had to miss that Packers game. But for the most part, you don't see it take over like like what we've seen this year with just teams missing out. I, I saw – I forget what team it was that went out there and was missing like 20 guys due to COVID. Like that's crazy. It's crazy, yeah. And the, the 49ers would have an opportunity to maybe if a game got moved. Like obviously there, there hasn't been any cases yet. So, you know, it was just sort of we're, – we're sort of hoping, just knowing that that's a possibility – that's out there. And uh, I think the worst possible scenario for the 49ers is if there's any players that are unvaccinated and I know they have a pretty high vaccination rate. I don't know what that, that number ended up being, but I think it's pretty high. But if a player say on Thursday test positive and he's unvaccinated, that would put him out for 10 days minimum, according to the league for players who were unvaccinated and test positive, which would mean he would for sure miss not only the Texans game, he would miss the Rams game and he would miss the, the end of the regular season. So if there's any important players on the 49ers that are unvaccinated and they test positive late in the week, that's the end of the regular season for them. So that's a, that's another thing to keep in mind. And we've seen that happen with a couple of teams here, like Cole, Cole Beasley late in the week, um, famously unvaccinated. Uh, he'll miss two games because of that. So that's um, still, you still crossing fingers there and hoping everybody did their, you know, hopefully everybody's vaccinated on the 49ers and everybody did their part in, in trying to, um, be as careful as possible. You know, you can't do everything and hopefully there's not a lot of positive cases or hopefully there's still zero positive cases for the 49ers when they reconvene at Levi's stadium and uh, at the 49ers facility in Santa Clara to get ready for week 17. But it's the possibility is out there and I just kind of wanted to prepare some fans for it because it's, I mean, just the, the likelihood is high that someone's going to get positive and you hope that that doesn't spread before they have, but uh, you know, they, they don't get into meetings with that positive and that starts to spread to entire rooms. Cause that's when things get really silly is when it starts to knock out an entire room of players in a, an entire position group. Questions, Crocky. Most of the, <laughs> most of the questions to be honest are, are about this, uh, this tiebreaker. Like it, it's, it's convoluted. It's hard. I, I read what the league said 10 times in the handbook and it didn't really understand what it meant. I had to have other people break it down for me. Um, and I think we got it right, but who knows, maybe we'll find out uh, later on after this week that we even got that wrong with, with the tiebreakers. And um, who knows, maybe in a fourth team could peek its head back in with the Vikings and we could have a huge tie. <laughs> you got something, Greg? 
Yeah. So this is what I'll say about that, the tiebreaker and all that. And it's similar to conversations I've had over the years with my wife, right? There's been time where we're tight with money and we have to figure out like, okay, got to pay this bill or got to pay that bill. You know, which one? And my wife gets all worried, you know, financially and stuff. And my response typically was, listen, all we can do is control. We can control and we'll figure it out and the rest will play itself out. So just do what we can do and we'll be all right. And when I look at the 49ers in the situation in a three-way tie, all the 49ers can do, if you, you win out and then we'll see how it all plays out. You know, so if 49er fans, that's maybe not the most comforting thing to hear <laughs> right now, but at the end of the day, they've backed themselves into this corner. You know, you didn't handle business throughout the year. There've been opportunities for you to really take control and win games and you didn't do it for whatever reasons. So now you're in this situation. The best thing for you to do is beat Houston, beat the Rams. If you do that, you should have a better chance. If if, if you lose one of those, you're, you're probably going to, you might be in trouble. And now, and then you just leave it up in the air for all these other circumstances. And then comes the conversation of, we played Jimmy to make the playoffs. And if we don't make the playoffs and Trey Lance didn't even, I don't even know the last time Trey Lance had a snap, a meaningful snap. I know he handed the ball off a couple of times against Jags. Oh man, that's, that's going to be a big conversation throughout the off season and a big, uh, and not just for like, you know, Trey Lance and stuff like that, but just this, this whole draft class in general, what's the, what's the right way? What's the wrong way? You know, you draft a, a, you know, generational talent and, Trevor Lawrence and goes to the Jags and what that looks like and firing that head coach and Zach Wilson with the first year head coach. That's a defensive guy. What does that look like? Trey Lance, the FCS guy, Mac Jones, the pocket guy. I mean, this is it. Davis Mills, the third or fourth round pick, whatever he was, there's going to be a Ian lot Book. of conversation we'll around this Ian class. Book. <laughs> it's a crazy class. And Ian book gets to join the fray, the fourth rounder for, the New Orleans Saints, and and he just gets thrust right into a playoff push for a team that's got a lot of talent on it, and uh, really aside from quarterback right now. So if he can keep his head above water, then uh, maybe maybe that's a that's another one to throw into the mix there when it comes to those rookie quarterbacks. There are some questions about Trey Lance. We'll get to some of these questions tomorrow, including uh, a Doctor Drip swag check question for our own Dr. Drip, Eric Crocker on tomorrow's uh, on the winky Wednesday pod. So this week we're, we got four pods because of the holiday. So this afternoon, Monday podcast that we're recording right now, and then we're going to record Tuesday evening. We'll have it up Tuesday for the winky Wednesday pod up Wednesday mornings for your audio podcast, listening pleasure. Then we'll have a Texans crossover. Then our keys to victory, to end the week here, that is the schedule for this week's Locked On 49ers as I am finally back home. Got in late last night. Crocky is still traveling around the world. He'll be back to his facility, hopefully without COVID, uh, very soon. <laughs> and uh, appreciate all you out there. Hope you all had a safe and fun holiday and enjoyed your loved ones. Croc and I will be back for our Winky Wednesday episode with Nick Winkler. Thanks for making us your first listen, by the way, right here, Locked On 49ers.